Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're talking to John. John is based in Toronto, Canada. So of course he's snowed under and he's going to share uh, his experience on SEO with us. How does that help small, medium enterprise businesses? If, if you're a retail company or you're in fintech or software, we can figure that one out because everybody's trying to get uh, discovered on, on the internet, especially these days. So I'm very curious to find out more about this topic. And uh, therefore, John, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Rudy. John, so why don't you tell us about your roots? So, you know, you're in Canada, but your last name sounds uh, Vietnamese, I think, right? So how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am the fourth child, child of immigrant uh, Vietnamese both people. So my, my parents immigrated uh, to Canada, liquidated everything they had, assets to gold to escape the war. And um, I was born two weeks after here in Canada. So I was the only Canadian born of the four children uh, oh, in see. my family. And, um, you know, growing up, it was really uh, us as a family, right? We really were connected. We didn't know a lot of people. We didn't know the language. Well, my parents didn't. And it was a struggle, right? We had we were living in government housing. We got food stamps. We really just had to survive, and we had each other. So we're fortunate in that sense. And uh, growing up, I was really just helping out as much as I can with the family, right? Uh, working in dozens and dozens of jobs while um, trying to support and help out with all the necessity items, food, shelter, and um, and one thing that really resonated with me was um, my my parents really focused on ensuring that we always ate dinner together as a family every single night. So growing up, we really had really strong family values, connections, and it, it molded me to the man I am today. Right. So you mentioned you had many jobs uh, growing up. So any of them, those that are favorite that uh, maybe are foundations for what you do today? Yeah, so I started as a newspaper boy at nine. I did. Uh, I probably had twenty plus jobs until I fin- I started college university. Wow! Uh, from everything from laboring to restaurant to uh, accounting to e- you name it, factory. I did it right. I I really wanted to discover, and I was ultra curious to see how people lived because first off, we didn't have a car of my own or travel was one hour away for us, um, which was once a year, we went to an event in Toronto, because my parents got a free pass, right, to a festival. So I was ultra curious to figure out like, how do people live in these magazines or on TV, right? Um, Because living in my bubble was, I wanted to see what, how, and how uh, fun and how great these other people would live, right? With food, at their disposal, travel at disposable, 
buying clothes at their disposal, like money wasn't an issue for them, right? But it was for us. So, you know, just ultra curious. Right. And eventually you got into sales roles and you worked at Yellow Pages, right? So what was that like? I mean, didn't you find it difficult already in 2006, you know, to sell paper-based directories? Yeah. So I I studied um, in my university degree for business finance. So I I did a lot of uh, accounting and bookkeeping and auditing and you know, just understanding all the softwares involved. Uh, and then my first job outside of university was I didn't want to go back into the office environment. It was just not fun for me. So I took this advertising sales role. My first job, actually for the first 10 years of my career, I was doing advertising sales. So I was more of a salesperson in advertising from traditional media to I dabbled into online affiliate marketing as well for for a short stint. And then I settled at Yellow Pages for five years. And that's where I, I truly believed and understood where I wanted to fit my, my rest of my career because I met thousands of business owners and they just resonated with me. They were your family-run, hardworking, community-based people that actually brought a lot of joy to others, right? By offering a product or service, um, really taking care of their roots, right? Their community, their their people. And they were honest, hardworking, resilient type of individuals. Um, so that's where I kind of understood sales, understood where I wanted to go with my life. And that's why I started my agency seven years ago. But yeah, it was challenging, definitely um, working at Yellow Pages because paper base was transitioning to digital. And people, user behavior has switched, right? Um, I dabbled into the online affiliate world um, maybe five years prior to that, and there was already a transition happening. However, it wasn't um, the speed in terms of tech uh, was a little bit slower at that time because internet speed, processing speed, tech, tech speed, server speed, there were things that were slowing down the, the speed of adoption, right? But in today's day and age, I mean, you look at the speed of the internet, you look at our processing power on, on desktop and PC. I mean, it's so fast. Apps are going so quickly, right? Like development of software is growing so quickly. Adoption and user behavior is switched so quickly, right? So I get the speed, but at Yellow Pages, it was a slow adoption. Right, right. So you've been running local SEO business in Canada for over seven years now. So how did you come up with the idea? Maybe let's also explain, to be safe, what is SEO, right? And let's be maybe a little bit skeptical and say, well, isn't that like a gaming of the search algorithms? Shouldn't Google be actually objective and find the person that should be found? And what are we trying to do is to be in top three of the search results by changing something on our website uh, so we are discovered and maybe we shouldn't be. So what, what's your view on this and how did you come up with an idea for your business? Yeah, definitely. So while working at Yellow Pages, after working with thousands of business owners, the, the return on investment in traditional media was declining. Users, their customers were consuming and finding information like their, their services and products on a digital means, right? And search was becoming more prominent. And therefore, me, myself, at that time, I was consuming a lot of information on Google. And I knew there was a shift. However, business owners, they don't really understand 
what's going on in terms of the landscape of how users and their customers are searching and consuming information. So they wanted to find someone they can trust, someone, and they wanted to pivot, right? Because as you know, Yellow Pages wasn't getting the amount of traffic, wasn't getting user engagement like they used to. Maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, that was the place to go. But in today's or 10 years ago's day and age, people are now adopting onto search engines to find information, find services, find products, find keywords. Um, You know, they're in control, right? So these business owners were generational type business owners, hardworking, great business people that had really strong foundation. The the challenge for them was uh, trying to pivot and adopt to technology, not just building a good website, but how do they get their customers to find them? right? Like how Yellow Pages was such a great dominant player. Um, Yes, you pay a larger ad, you might be at the top of the the first page in that category. Well, Google is a little bit different, right? You need to understand their algo and you have to understand what consumers are actually seeking out. So what I wanted to do was help transition those business owners to move towards digital search so that they become more visible, they become experts and thought leaders, which they should have already been. But these younger business owners are now adopting quicker than them, even though they're new in business and they don't know how to run a business. But these business owners that have 10, 15, 20 years of actual business experience are not digitalized, right? So I wanted to help bridge that gap. Right, but uh, it's one thing to just set up a website, and then the other, another thing is to optimize your, you know, discoverability on search engines, right? So why is it why is it needed, and uh, what is it really? SEO. SEO is short for uh, search engine optimization, and what Google's looking for is the the most relevant, the most, uh, I guess, accurate or authoritative website for for the user, right? And they're trying to match businesses' website or query with the search query of that person. Um, And what business owners didn't understand was it's not pay to play, right? Like, yes, you can pay to play to be on ads at the top of Google, but how do you appear on the map and below the map? which is all naturally appearing or earn space. And this is where search engine optimization comes in, um, where, yes, there's over 200 signals and factors that Google's constantly changing and updating. We look at is a lot of factors to help these business owners um, who are running really good businesses transform to the digital space so that they can maximize the natural visibility of their, their business, right? So how does it work? It's really, there's a lot of things. First off, it's like building a good, start, solid foundation of a website. And yes, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But, you know, just just simple things like content, making sure that uh, UX is there, making sure that it flows and it's speaking directly to the client. And then there's other factors like owning all your assets. There's link factors, reputation factors, SEO strategy. So I'm not sure how much in-depth you want me to go, but it, it's pretty in-depth in terms of SEO. All right, all right. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's fine for now. So let's also dive into who are your target clients because you spoke about, you know, the local business owners. So does that mean these are the retailers or 
local service providers or what kind of companies do you target? Yeah, typically we work with professional services um, from lawyers to dentists to chiro, physio, accounting, finance, and also B2B companies. The, the challenge with retail outlets is even with restaurants, right? There's a lot of third-party vendors like the Ubers and Eat Just Eats and all these other sites that really are catering t- towards the delivery, right, of restaurants. So for them to optimize and invest a lot of money on SEO to get themselves out there, there's already a huge amount of users, a lot of uh, customers already consuming and finding things on other platforms. So with product base, I always tell customers probably leverage off different assets such as Amazon's or Shopify's or, you know, Etsy's or whatever platforms that have huge amount of customers or even go, go into insta, um, influence marketing, right? So we have to understand where we fit in the mode of the whole industry. And what I feel is when customers are seeking any business or service out, they're typically starting their journey, informational gathering on Google, right? When it comes to transactional navigational searches, if it's a larger ticket item, they'll probably go on Google still, and they're going to vet you on, you know, checking your reviews out or third-party right. uh, sites. But when it, it comes to like a product play, they're, they're already determined. They already have a product in mind, a brand, and they're vetting you out through price, right? As opposed to they already know you on that specific item, like that brand. They're just shopping around for the best deal out there. And they're waiting for a coupon or they're waiting for when it goes on sale, right? So it's a different play when it becomes a product. Uh, versus when you're a service-based company. Right, but uh, let's dive into it even more because, all right, it is a different play also if you have a local business with a physical presence. Let's say it's professional services, but you do have an office as a lawyer, right, or an accountant versus a fully digital software company, you know, fintech or anything else that provides an app, for example, things like this. So, how do you get discovered where there is zero chance of food traffic? People only find you on online and nothing else, right? And actually, maybe you start completely from scratch. You know, maybe if you're a lawyer, there was obviously some history behind, right? You were at another firm, things like this. But if uh, a bunch of guys from college decide to come up with another uh, super app for financial services, how would they optimize their discoverability or SEO? Yeah, definitely. So there's two components. If you're a SaaS business, uh, there's a different marketing. There's a process in place for SEO right. because you want to go after acquiring. Like you look at growth hackers, you look at different funnels, different campaigns, right? SEO plays a really good foundation if you're in it for the long term, right? You're trying to build a scalable business, but also build yourself up as a, a thought leader, an expert in your domain. So again, it all starts off with foundation. You also have to benchmark yourself with who are you playing with. If you're a local business, there's always 10, 20, 50, or 100 other competitors in the local three-pack, physical location. Yes, you're going to compete with prominence, relevance, and proximity, right? So that's the three-pack, as well as reputation, mm-hmm. reviews, links, content optimization. There's all these other facts. But when you come to a SaaS business, the way to acquire new customers is a little bit different, right? Is there different ways to get amplification, shares, links? Is there media plays? Is there email drip campaigns? Is there ways to get published on other channels um, that have huge influence, right? So that you acquire data so that you can offer them up a 
you know, a free offer or trial, right? There's, it all depends on your business and your, I would say, length of um, time, right? That you want to scale, how long you want to take to scale your business. If it's a SaaS business, it's probably growth, right? You're VC funded. You want to really grow as quickly as possible. SEO plays one role as a as well as other other media channel. When you look at a local business, SEO gives you the best ROI versus any other media channel because these other media channels is all paid ads and it's growth ads, right? And it's the type of client because with advertising, it's interrupting someone's mode of decision. Like, you know, you have a digital ad that <laughs> is more performance-based, like social, right? Or an email campaign. You're trying to interrupt them to then get them to, you know, click through, do a free trial or sign up for a monthly subscription, right? Versus if you're a larger ticket lawyer, you're going to take your time to vet them. You're going to decide who you want because it's going to be a larger ticket item, $10,000, $20,000, right? So it's a different psychological user behavior when someone's looking after a local service, long-term relation versus a SaaS business because they're looking for trying to interrupt them at that time. I see. That's a nice way of putting it. So I have a pet question for you because when I first uh, thought about having a podcast, you know, almost two years ago soon, uh, someone who's done it before was one of the few people who was uh, not super positive and said, well, podcasts are not great for SEO. So what's your view on this? I, I have an answer after more than 100 episodes, but uh, what's your view on this? I mean, most of the podcasts, they do have a website, but uh, I'm not sure whether you know these websites are there just in case or they are the kind of uh, contributing factor to the growth and uh, can it be done or you do it through other ways, as you said, maybe uh, writing of coattails of you, of the guests or, or partnerships or pushing uh, your podcast through the podcasting apps and the reviews and, and things like this or can a website and uh, can a website be useful in this, this in this context yeah podcasting has kind of skyrocketed the last couple months because people understand that people are consuming more information via audio via written content and they're in front of a computer a lot longer than ever before right? So they're consuming information and content comes in different formats, written, audio, video, and images. So it's another medium altogether. And people want to consume good content. Audio, like podcasts, can be transcribed. And that's where, well, even with podcasts, you, it's all searchable as well, right? Like on Google. And there's right. obviously the Spotify's and Player FM's and Podcaster and whatever, Podbean. There's all these other channels that you can actually feed it, right? With that in mind, I would always say own your asset, right? Create your own website so that the podcast gets transcribed on your own site so that if you have any links that you, you have guests on your podcast, maybe they will amplify you and have a backlink. The whole purpose for a website is try to get others to endorse you. And the more you get endorsed, that means a backlink for you. And that's just the easiest and most basic thing that I want to explain about what SEO really is. Think about traditional businesses back in the Yellow Pages world. How did they grow their business primarily? They relied on referrals and word of mouth, right? Because right. they took care of the customers. They understood how to sell a really good product and service. 
They priced it well. They understand their unique selling proposition. Fast forward to now 2020 um, and beyond. And what's happening is Google is taking off. Google is what Yellow Pages used to be. And how does Google figure out which website to rank higher? Yes, there's over 200 factors, but primarily it should be word of mouth referrals, right? So if you think about it, what are other websites that are more credible, more authoritative saying about you? And are they linking to you? The reason why that is important is because that's a backlink. That's really what they can see and they can only see because that's the only digital footprint they have. So the more backlinks you get from not just other endorsers, but high authoritative niche specific category type endorsements, the more higher you're going to rank. So hopefully that, that, you know, simplifies what a backlink is. Yeah, that, that's perfect because, you know, some of the SEO gurus are so technical <laughs> that you get lost in the detail. But here's the idea, which is what you mentioned, you know, it's the word of mouth, it's the referral, and what's the digital equivalent, right? So I just wanted to ask you then, if you look through the pandemic that uh, is still going on, have you seen a spike in the demand for your services? Of course, a lot of the businesses, they they cannot digitize. You know, if you have to uh, bake a cake, you have to bake a cake. But can you digitize some other parts of the value chain related to it? Maybe that was potentially a new category for you, people who thought they don't need SEO. But then during the pandemic, as their customers turn on online more and more to look for services, look for products, then maybe the local businesses also uh, turn their attention to to digital or you or or not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So there's been more inquiries. Definitely, the the challenge is their budget, right? Because everyone got impacted. Yeah. Um. So they they're it's really timing. Um, just like any big fintech uh, company, it's all budgeting, right? It's all making sure that you have substantial interest and then budget and forecast for it if it's a big, huge ticket item. So most of my clients are the small, medium-sized businesses because that is what resonates with me. And I'm looking for people that want to stay in business for 5, 10, 20 more years because they want to be established and become more credible in their industry. Right. It's a little bit different than, you know, fintech companies that are VC funded and they want to grow as fast as possible to acquire as many customers as quickly as possible so that they can 10 act. Right. It's a it's a different space. So you have to understand where you're at. I target the small, medium sized businesses because I want to help them for the people that don't know how to get digital. Right. How to become more visible. Um, so I, I found like a lot of these business owners understand the, the importance of SEO. They've probably dabbled into traditional or social or paid and are frustrated because the quality of leads are not the same as someone that's actually looking and seeking your service out because they believe when you know someone finds you on Google organically or naturally, the quality of that lead is way higher because it was earned versus a paid ad. There's a difference. It could be, could be, right? But it depends how Google Ads work for you or Facebook or Instagram. Every platform has a different inherent audience itself, right? But let's turn over to you again uh, a little bit and 
So what were the key SEO lessons that you learned about yourself or starting your own business, right? Because, uh, you know, you also uh, attract the customers uh, online. So what did you find out about your kind of business and how to optimize your own SEO? Yeah, so I, I've always uh, been in the mindset of slow and steady always wins the race. And I, I have a, a different concept in terms of what SEO can do for your business. Because if, if you look at the grand scheme of things, SEO or Google is very similar to how Yellow Pages operated, gathering all, all businesses in an easy way to format and navigate for business, uh, users, right, to find these businesses. And, and there's a lot of mediums out there. There's social, there's behavioral ads, there's email, there's you know, paid ads. There's a lot of different ways to interrupt people. But that's really renting space. But yes, there's a huge amount of audience. I get it, right? In order for you to play in that space, you need a huge amount of budget. These small, medium-sized businesses don't have the amount of budget to really... It's, it's different when you have VC-funded money versus a small business owner that has a limited budget to then... Yeah, which is self-funded, yeah. To try to get a good ROI because if it doesn't work, they might be closing their business down, right? So I understand the difference and that's why it resonates with me. I want to help those business owners that really need it the most. So what I've learned is a lot about myself, right? Who I want to target, who I want to help. And really like SEO is inbound. I focus on quality leads. Yes, it's slow and steady, but do everything above board. There's no tricks that will try to you know, as much as you do advertising, and I've done everything from social, paid, um, behavioral, email funnels, trade shows, traditional, for my industry, it's different, right? I found with SEO, the type of clients that I want to cultivate needs to vet you out because it's a relationship play. It's a long-term relationship that you want to work with versus a, a SaaS product that's $10 or $100 a month. So people are more inclined to try it out with a free trial or as a monthly subscription, and they don't mind being interrupted with that email or that social post with the hook, right? With that call to action. So it all depends on the market, the, the type of industry that you're in. And for small, medium-sized businesses, SEO, I feel, would be the best play for them in terms of the grand scheme of ways to market your, your business. Right. But I think the... The key message is, you know, hard work, no shortcuts to it, right? And uh, when you hear about people achieving overnight success, generally in the media or in the storyline, uh, what's forgotten is all these years of hard work before that, right? Yeah, like even the determination, like running a business is not easy and it's not for everyone. I've learned, I made a ton of mistakes growing seven years of doing this. From hiring and firing, learning about who I want to target. I took on a lot of clients at the beginning and they were not my ideal client. You know, some of them didn't pay me, some paid me, some, you know, the, the contracts. Like I learned a lot over the years, right? As a business owner about myself, who I want to target, who I want to hire. This is the whole learning curve of being an entrepreneur, right? Especially when you don't have funding where you can hire top talent like i i kind of bootstrapped everything and that's where i found yes i might have slowed my pace in terms of growth but it's okay because i'm not funded and no one owns me right so as long as it's okay with you to have slow and steady growth 
then it's okay. Like take it on as a challenge. I'm always curious. I'm always learning. I'm always asking and networking and finding best ways to do things more productive, more efficient. But that's the world that we live in. You need to understand what's going on in your space, in your industry, in your market. Look at all tech softwares. Look at all the productivity tools. Look at what's out there to see if it fits your business. And if it makes sense, try it. See if it does for you and your team, right? If it doesn't, then keep on trying to see if there's others or keep doing your business better. That's the world we live in. As long as you're enjoying the process and journey, that's life. Well, wonderful, uh, wonderful message. So on that note, uh, I just wanted to ask you, John, so where, in, where can interested parties find you? Where can they reach out? And what kind of people would you like to hear from most? I think that we, we've covered that uh, pretty clearly. But Yeah, you can check out my website. It's localseosearch.ca. My type of client is, again, everyone in the yellow pages, small, medium-sized businesses, it resonates with me. And those are the people that are genuinely in it for the community, genuinely in it to serve others. And I want to help them become more visible online because that's me, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's how I want to end it. Thank you so much, John, and good luck to local SEO search. Thank you so much, Rudy. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceoffintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.